Because we're getting ready to rock on this exclusive live broadcast. W Radio, your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 359 for the week of April 20th, 2014. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast that you can subscribe to on iTunes, as well as my videos, books, live broadcasts, discussion forums, trivia books, CDs, and more. You can find everything, including my brand new book, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World over at www.radio.com. So this week, we're going to take you through the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival and give you a guide to getting the most out of your day with a step-by-step plan. We'll also share our best tips, tricks, overlooked experiences, tour reviews, favorite foods, things to do for and with your kids, and how to get the most out of your day in the park, and also why you need to visit more than once. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package then stay tuned for some updates, announcements, including information about upcoming Meets of the Month and other special events around the country, as well as more of your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. So I've said for years, and actually discuss in detail in my new 100 Ways to Save Money for an at Walt Disney World book, that one of the best ways to get the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation is to know when to go. And I think visiting during one of the many special events that's included with your theme park admission is one of the best ways to get the most value for your vacation dollar and also maximize the amount of fun that you're going to have as well. And it's no secret that I am a total geek, so I love Star Wars weekends. And listen to a show or just look at me, and you'll know that I am all about the food. So Food and Wine Festival is probably my favorite of all, and that's why I consider it to be the most wonderful time of the year. But recently, I found myself enjoying and actually looking forward to a festival that I believe hasn't just grown, I just realized that's an accidental pun there, but evolved as well. And this year... I find myself returning time and time again to the 2014 Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. So this week, I wanted to share with you some of the reasons why I'm coming back, taking my family and friends, and why you need to visit, whether you've never been or maybe think that you've seen it all. And joining me is someone who loves a special event as much as I do, agrees that wandering the promenade with a snack and or a drink in hand is a great way to spend the day with friends, and who, like Cher, Madonna, Sting, Prince, Charo, or Fabio, 
is recognized simply by a one-word name. She is Zana from Xanaland.com. You may also know her by her non-stage name, Susanna Mitchell. Susanna, <laughs> welcome back to the show. <laughs> you don't even know. You don't even know how to respond to that, do you? I, I really don't. That's been the best introduction ever. So <clears throat> thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so for those people who don't know, like, is Xanaland like Xanadu? Like, what, what exactly is Xanaland? Because we talk about it all the time, and I want to know for people to know what it is. What, what do you do there? Well, it's it started out before I was even into blogging or anything like that. So the name just kind of fit, and it it went to, you know, it could be like Disneyland, Xanaland kind of thing. So it's just kind of my take on... The Disney parks and, you know, I expand out into other theme parks and other places to stay around, you know, <clears throat> the Florida area and, and other places as well. Um, do a little bit of, you know, lifestyle stuff like Disney merchandise and uh, entertainment, movie reviews and things like that. So it's a little bit of everything. Sometimes I just talk about, you know, visiting Disney in my past and things like that. So. It's so funny how you get so sheepish and your voice gets lower when you start talking about those other places. <laughs> like, you, like you feel like you're cheating, like, oh, those other places. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I told you before we started recording, it's Xanaland almost as good, as good as being there. It's almost as good as being there in person. That's yes. your tagline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go change that on all my things. <laughs> change it. Change all the graphics, all the headers. Um, That's funny. I like that. <laughs> So we, um, and I said in the intro, because it's true, like we love doing the special events, not sort of in a re researching for the site and show kind of thing, but that's where we like to hang out. We, we walk around and we grab some food, we have some laughs and, and sort of spend the day with friends. And I've really found, and we've already been at least once this year to Flower and Garden, that this, um, this festival really has evolved quite a bit over the years. And, and it's something, like I said, that I found that not just me, but my friends and my kids are like really look forward to doing like over and over again. Yeah, because it's not like Food and Wine Festival, which isn't necessarily geared specifically to adults, but it definitely has more of that spin to it. But here for the Flower and Garden Festival, the kids love the topiaries and there's a lot more activities for them to do. But now you have that great um, food and, you know, alcohol thing to it. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to drink alcohol, but you know, the lines are shorter for the food because it's not all about the food. And yeah, yes, this is. has oh, become my kidding? favorite. It is. It is all about the food. There's just well, pretty flowers surrounding it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have stuff to look at while you eat and drink. <laughs> and, and I've talked about it and I've, I've released a couple of videos already with sort of the, the top five, you know, foods and flavors and the top five adult beverages, because it really has sort of been this, this it's, I, I call it sort of, if Flower and Garden and Food and Wine had a baby, this is what it would be. It would <laughs> be this, the, the, food and, the, the Flower and Food Festival. But I think, and we're going to talk about this, the fact that there is so much more now for kids to do. I, I think that, that you're right about that. Uh, it really is much more of a, a family-friendly kind of thing. And, and this is why I want to sort of do a whole show about it, because I think it's something that you now all of a sudden don't just sort of, you know, Go to Epcot and sort of wander your way around. It almost is something that it, you, it would help if you prepare for. Definitely. Yeah, I was thinking about that when I knew we were going to talk about this, that you really can't do it all in one day. And even, you know, as locals, 
we have to pick and choose what we're going to do because it's almost like you would explode from eating, first of all. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of back and forth if you try to do it all and, and see everything. So it's, yeah, much better to have a plan of attack. And so let's, let's talk about that because I think and we've said this over and over again, you know, planning a Walt Disney World vacation, you can't just do that with any part of it. You can't just sort of show up and then just wing it when you get here. And I think for the, the Flower and Garden Festival, you do need to sort of prepare before you start your day. And I think one of the biggest tips that we can give people is when you get there or even before you go, get a copy of the festival guide. You can even download it from the official Disney site. If you go to the International Flower and Garden Festival site, you can download the guide, review it there. But when you get to the parks, sit down, take a couple of minutes and go through that festival guide and really sort of map out the things that you want to see, the things that you want to do, because there is so much more than just going to check out flowers and topiaries and exhibits. Definitely. And, you know, getting back to the food again, uh, <laughs> you need to pick which things you really want to try first and are must-eats and must-drinks for you and then sort of balance it around that. But, yeah, like you said, there's so many more things to do this year and things to see. There's brand new topiaries that, you know, have never been there before and they've really upped a lot of or plussed a lot of the topiaries that exist. So it's really cool. That's true. But let's get back to the food because you're right. Um, I, I, and, and I think one thing that Disney did that was really nice was they now have this new, and it's free, garden passport. It's a guide to both the food and the flowers and all the fun. And this is only, it's something that's relatively new, probably in the last maybe two, three years. I Because I remember going to the Flower and Garden Festival years ago and a friend of mine who I met through the show, this woman, Elisa, actually made up her own little spiral-bound guide and checklist. And we would sort of walk through and check off and rate and review the things that, that we enjoyed. And then Disney had uh, one released for all guests. And it really is important because you're right. Because if you try and say, oh, I'm going to hit every station, hit every kiosk, there's 11 different marketplaces. And look, I can eat food with the best of them. And I guarantee <laughs> um, it can get very filling and expensive relatively quickly. Yes, definitely. And, you know, sometimes you don't want to, going back to the drinking thing, you don't want to <laughs> uh, necessarily, you know, if you're there with your kids, be drinking around the world too much. So you need to decide which ones are must-tries for you. Um, but, yeah, the the map that they have in the little passport is really great to be able to plan everything. And it gets the kids, in, I mean, the adults like it too, but the kids can be involved with getting a little stamp at every place that they go and things like that. Yeah, that's the nice thing about it is, is as you go to, you know, the Pineapple Promenade or the Buttercup Cottage, whatever, there's, there's an area there that whether you eat or drink there or not, they will go and they'll give you a free stamp. And it is sort of that sense of accomplishment that you were able to visit all the different destinations and the outdoor kitchens and all the different events and things that they have. And it's a great, uh, you know, talking about free things to do. It's a great free souvenir, both for you and the kids as well, too. The kids loving how, having that sense of ownership and accomplishment in getting that passport stamped. Definitely. And you don't have to wait in line to do it. You can just, you know, walk up to the register and they'll give you a stamp. They're waiting for you and expecting that to happen. So, And we keep coming back to, to the idea of kids. And, uh, you know, obviously I have an eight and a 10 going on 35-year-old. Your kids are? Uh, 15, 13, and 5. Oh, so, so yeah, <laughs> okay. <you> get, <laughs> quite a range. <laughs> you get a lot of sleep and have a pretty quiet household, I assume, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's pretty silent. <laughs> but even with the food, they introduced a few years ago this Disney Try It. The idea of, all right, we want the kids to be part of the eating, not necessarily drinking, around the world, too. So they have foods that encourage kids to try some of the different things from the different 
cultures and countries and pavilions as well. And my kids love that because even if they are somewhat of picky eaters, they know it has been sort of, you know, tailored down a little bit. So if they wanted to try sushi, they've got frushi, which is sort of a fruit sushi, which now my kids, you know, just apple not falling far from the tree. (laughs) (laughs) They they look forward every year to going back and having the frushi. Yeah, frushi is such a big hit. And and you're right. And your kids, I have to say, are are adventurous. And I love seeing them, you know, when we go out places and on your cruise and everything like that, because they actually do try things. I wish my children would take a hint from them. But for, you know, really picky eaters like mine, it, it is a great way to get them to try new things. And for the Try It for the Flower and Garden Festival, and really all the, the offerings in the promenade uh, kiosks, they're themed around, you know, springtime and summer and things like that. So the ingredients are, you know, made to be fresh and refreshing and exciting like that. So as long as we're on to the the topic of the kids and parents, it's okay if you want to leave the kids at home or or kids night out or (laughs) take them to one of, (laughs) let them go to one of the kids clubs if you want to have an adult, you know, day or evening at Flower and Garden. But there's a lot for the kids to do. And I found the dynamic was different this year. Instead of me saying to my kids, I want to go here, come with me. My kids are saying, no, I want to go to the butterfly house. I want to go to the play garden. I want to go to, you know, see the the sand sculpture. So let's talk about some of the things that are somewhat specifically geared towards the kids. And I think something that's fun for kids of all ages um, is actually the Tinkerbell butterfly house. It's this huge sort of... Um, it's not called an aviary. I don't know what it's called. It's a giant butterfly house where you can walk <laughs> through and it's sort of, it's a wide open space and there's beautiful, I mean, my daughter thinks that she has sort of, you know, found fire when she's able to get a butterfly to land on her finger. Yeah, it's so cool to have that experience for people that, or kids that may have never, you know, had a butterfly get that close to them and there are so many in there. I was in there when they were all just having hatched. So there was like a tree that had, I think like 20 butterflies just hanging off of it. And you just don't see that every day. And it's such a cool experience. And they have it, you know, with real flowers in there that the butterflies, of course, love. But this year they've added those glass flower sculptures and butterfly sculptures out of glass. So it's so pretty inside. And if you go there at sunset, the sun like sets through the butterfly sculptures. It's so Mm. pretty. Oh, see, now that's, that's my what I tip. haven't done. I have not gone at sunset, which is <laughs> yes. my favorite time to wander uh, Ep- Epcot anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they, and you know what? There is that edutainment thing. Like, they're learning, and they don't realize it, because obviously all the cast members there are very well-versed in the you know the life cycle of the butterflies and the different types of butterflies and the flowers that are in there as well. Exactly, and they have the little cocoon houses so you can see the different stages. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, if your kids are like mine, they want to know how they can take a butterfly home or how we can do this in our backyard, which they can learn. That's one of the – it is very much about educating it because there are a number of places throughout the festival that they can learn how to do backyard gardening, urban gardening, you know, your own little butterfly garden. And that's one of the things that my kid, you know, they get seeds. They get all kinds of free little giveaways and free little tips that they do want to sort of take the experience home with them and bring it, you know, and do some sort of crafty educational things at home. Other yeah, than, definitely. Other than playing Minecraft and Skyland. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes. Yeah, so there's also the Mater's Parts, Plants, and Play Garden, the Mike and Sully Monstrous Garden, and those are great areas for if your kids want to expend some of that excess energy. Mm-hmm. What I like, Susanna, is finding those nice comfy chairs on, in the squishy uh, with the squishy ground and the nice canopy and sitting in the shade and just sort of relaxing. 
there's something for the parents to yeah. do there too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's such a great treat that they actually do that. And it's surprisingly, there's usually places to sit. It's not like full of people. So you have to stand around. So I love that. And there's also, we're getting away from the kids for one second, but that little place on the way to Mater's that's like the adult little relaxing hangout. Like, here's what you could do in your garden if you wanted to. And I love that place because no one's ever sitting in there. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And they got the big Adirondack chairs and the screen coverings. One of my favorite places, and I hate to say it, 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 um, by Morocco, in between Morocco and France, is that backyard play garden. Mm-hmm. And there's such a, like, a- outdoor activities, and there's like, it really sort of inspires healthy living. We know that kids and adults love to go get our free go-go squeeze while we're there, too. <laughs> exactly. But there and are two comfortable chairs. Sorry, I was going to say, and Scott. And Scott. <laughs> Um, <laughs> underneath this wonderful canopy, there's like the two most comfortable chairs on the planet in the shade. And I like just going there and sitting there, letting the kids play, enjoying my go-go squeeze and people watching. <laughs> yeah. And that's what makes this festival so great. Cause they have those little spaces that you can do that and the kids are having fun and you're having your own kind of fun and it's just perfect. Yeah. And there, you know, there are places and I think what people lose out on is, they walk in, whether they know the festival's going on or not, and they just think it's an exhibition of flowers and, and trees and, and things like that. So many people, I think, miss going over to the Festival Center, which is located between Universe of Energy and Mission Space. And in there is not just a, a nice little cafe, which has really nice wines and cheeses and salads and very sort of fresh food. Uh, there's a, a shop in there as well. We can get a lot of the festival merchandise, which I recommend you do on the way out so you're not lug- lugging them around. But there you can see and meet and get tips from experts from HGTV, the Disney horticulture people. Uh, There's a great little video about sort of the making of the Flower and Garden Festival. You can also find out how to um, sort of learn techniques about, you know, planting and and creating your own gardens at home. You can talk to different experts and master gardeners. It's a great air-conditioned, I mind you, um, (laughs) way to sort of do things that that are sort of taking that experience beyond just what you see and sort of learning more and bringing it home with you. And I think that's what Disney's trying to do. It it very much is about takeaways. Yeah, definitely. And in that passport that you get, it lists all of the times in the Festival Center for those little presentations. And some of them you get to plant something and bring it home with you, which, you know, is good if you're a local. (laughs) But you can get ideas for when you get back if you're not. So it's really a great thing. And you mentioned that video. I had never seen, I don't know if that's new this year or if I just missed it in previous years, but that was really interesting to see sort of the trials and tribulations that they go through creating the topiaries that they do. It's like you take for granted almost how much work goes into those and, you know, how can we move this and how can we fit this here? And, you know, these, some of these topiaries are like 1200 pounds. So you never stop and think about that. So it was great to see that. Yeah. And and I felt, I found myself wanting to learn more. Right. And I know, you know, it's supposed to be a day of fun and it is, but there are so many different educational experiences and opportunities. There's tours and gardens and, and exhibits and things like that. So just a few examples, because again, I think these are somewhat off the radar unless you happen to look for them or, or go to them. Things like the Florida Fresh Garden, the Festival Blooms, the uh, Waterwise Herbs and Vegetables, uh, the Everglades Garden, the Italy Container Garden is so nice, Hummingbirds at Home, Backyard Habitat. One of my favorites is still every year, it is my favorite pavilion, the Bonsai Collection over in the Japan Pavilion is just, they're so beautiful. 
Yes. I always wish that they'd have those year round because they're so pretty, but then we wouldn't appreciate it as much if they were there all the time. But I love those. Yeah. The other thing, too, is they have a, a sand sculpture that sort of moves around year after year. Uh, and it seems to normally be tied into the, the latest Disney nature film. This year it's mm-hmm. Bears. Uh, now it is over by the Canada Pavilion. Um, and it's it's beautiful, and you know, and it makes me like feel like such a, a an adequate father because when I take my kids <laughs> to the beach, I can't even build like a sandcastle with the sand toys, and they've created this giant sculpture of bears. I know, and it lasts through Florida rain and everything. It's amazing. Yeah, and everyone should go see bears. By the way, it was great. So <laughs> I hear it's a beautiful. I hear it's like just a visually beautiful film. It really is. And I don't do animal movies because I just can't handle things happening in the circle of life and all that. But this one really <laughs> surprised me and I loved it. So I'm like all about everyone going to see bears. <laughs> the other thing I think a lot of people, especially locals, and I'm surprised oftentimes when I you know, do an interview or something like that or I, or I talk to locals, they don't realize not only that these things are going on or that they're free with the Epcot admission, but that Weekend, you know, every weekend is different. There are different themed weekends and special events that go on, which gives this festival a high repeatability factor. So they had the Art in the Garden weekend, the uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom weekend. They had the Florida Fresh weekend, the, um, the Florida Federation of Garden Clubs weekend. There's a lot of different things that are going on. And the not only does the entertainment change, but so many of the different, you know, tours and special gardens and exhibits rotate as well. Yeah, I didn't even realize that till you said it. So that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> See, perfect case in point why you need to go back. And, it, and it's not just the people who are maybe, you know, speaking in the festival center, but it is sort of a, a multi-event kind of event. So whether you want to see a celebrity from HGTV, you want to learn about a specific topic, go to a, a certain seminar, whatever it may be. You know, locals, this is something you should come back to, you know, week after week, especially if you're able to come. And here's a great tip, too. If you're able to come during the week as opposed to weekends, especially during the spring break times, you'll definitely get much more out of it because the crowds are going to be so much lower. Yes, definitely. You could get in and out and see everything that you need to see. I know. The whole kids in school throws a wrench in that. Um, but <laughs> I, I will tell you, the last couple of times I've gone, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to do this segment, was because I learned so much more about a, 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 a festival or an event that I thought I sort of understood and I sort of really had done most of it. But I didn't realize, again, sort of that the multiple layers that, that are available to you, I didn't realize how many different tours there are available. So one, there's the Epcot Gardens of the World Tour where you're led by a Disney horticulturist. It's a three-hour tour of the displays and the gardens. It takes place Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. until noon. You can go to the website to find out more or you can register when you get there. But I did something last week that I will tell you my kids still talk about. It was truly a magical moment and I loved it and it was free. It's the English Tea Garden Tour, presented by Twinings of London. That takes place, I think, three times a day. You can go in the morning, go register for the tour, and somebody from the UK Pavilion will take you through and explain to you, you know, and show you the different types of tea that's grown, how it gets from, you know, plant to your teacup. And it was fascinating, and the cast members were exceptional, and you might even leave with a little surprise at the end, too. 
Wow, that's really cool. My daughter loves tea, so I'm going to have to go check that out. If she did, like, we couldn't wait to get home and just have tea. Like, we, <laughs> <laughs> Mike is like, all right, we, let's, we need to go home and start brewing tea. And we, <laughs> we met Mr. Twining. Like, the twi- he is the Twining guy. Like, wow. He, yeah, he drinks a lot of tea, like, for I a living. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's like, how do I get that gig? Like, my, my son's like, wait, they have people that just drink tea for a living? I was like, see, Nicholas, you could be anything you want. (laughs) So, uh, and I think that sort of made me start thinking about the idea of having strategies and tips to get the most out of the weekend, which is normally something that we discuss in terms of Star Wars weekends or uh, food and wine, where you really do need sort of plan your day. I think it very much holds true here, especially if we're going to go on the weekend, right? So sort of let's, let's sort of virtually walk through our day in terms of how we would spend. And I think the, the best tip is, as always, is to get there early, right? Get there early, read your guide, look through your passport, start circling the things that you want to do, make a run over to Starbucks, right? Get your caffeine, <laughs> <laughs> you know, get loaded up on your caffeine and, uh, and start preparing for your day. And I think that's fun. Like the kids like that. The kids like going through the book and helping to be a part of the planning process. Yes, definitely. And they're going to, you know, decide which topiaries they must see and which play areas they want to go to first. So there's so much for them to pick from. And I think especially in light of your latest tip, the first thing that I would probably go and do, and this is assuming that you're going to walk in through the Future World entrance. Um, I am also going to assume you have your Fast Pass Pluses and you're ready. You want to see some attractions during the day as well. The first thing I would do is probably go and hit the butterfly garden, because it does start get crowded later yes. on in the day. I would take the kids to the butterfly garden. I would take them over to Mike and Sully's, right? Run around, get some energy out because they're so ready to start their day. Mom and dad are loaded up on caffeine. That is a good sort of thing to sort of kick the day <laughs> off. And it also lets the kids not feel like, all right, we just got to Epcot. Why am I, you know, spending time doing something that maybe they're not interested in? They get the, the yeah. first two things out of the day. That's very true. It's a great planning tip. And because it is all about the food, <laughs> I would then probably go over to World Showcase. And one thing that people don't know, and I just learned this as well, World Showcase opens uh, 11, 11.30-ish, right, uh, in order to start experiencing mm-hmm. World Showcase and the countries and the marketplaces. But if you want to have a little breakfast, you can actually go over, and I hate trying to pronounce the name, La Halle, go over to the French bakery. <laughs> go over <laughs> to the boulangerie and patisserie because you can get a nice cup of coffee a nice little sweet nosh for breakfast over there before you kick off your day in World Showcase. That is a brilliant idea. See? And along <laughs> the way, and on the way there, you're assuming which way you go, let's assume you go through Future World, wander around a little bit, hit the butterfly guard, you'll probably see 15 to 20 topiaries along the way, and it's not even 10 o'clock yet. Yeah, definitely. And they're good ones, too. Yeah. <laughs> And then as long as you're there, go over. As soon as you, you're done wiping the chocolate croissant off of your face and your fingers, go over to United Kingdom and book your Twinings tea tour. Yes. See? See, mm-hmm. we have to go back just so we can sort of try this plan. <laughs> um, and then from there. Exactly. Heading, Let's test it <laughs> From there, uh, start heading back and taking your time and really wandering through. And I say this all the time about World Showcase. Like, Take the time to wander and explore. Like, don't blow by the Germany mini trains that you've seen it before. Go look, because there's a little teeny tiny, like, Lou Midget-sized little 
mini festival going on inside <laughs> the, the the little train town. I know. I was just going to say that when you said don't go buy things. That that is so cute that they do that, and it, you really have to see it and see which ones they've made little topiaries out of. And we all sort of have that childlike sense of discovery. <laughs> like when you find them, like it's that little reward. Like, oh, I found a little, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to give away what's in there, but there are a <laughs> lot of little character topiaries too. Yeah, it's so cute. Um, and as long as we're mentioning that and, and some of the topiaries, and look, the topiaries continue to evolve. And we noticed the last time that we were there shooting, you were there shooting a video when I was, um, where you were laughing as I was trying to shoot a video. Go, <laughs> look across the way at the Snow White and Seven Dwarfs topiary. Like that is one that really has sort of changed. I mean, look at the face, look at the detail in Snow White's face. You almost kind of forget that it is, you know, or this organic made of plants kind of sculpture. Yeah, it, it just looks like a statue of Snow White. And her face happens to be green. But <laughs> it's really great. And that's one of the things they said that they, you know, had plussed all of the topiaries this year. And they're really trying to work on character integrity and things like that. And it definitely shows in this year's topiaries that they've made great improvements. Yeah. And you'll see that as you're going from pavilion to pavilion, it's not just about the topiaries and the foods, but there are, you know, we were joking around about the go-go squeeze before. They are one of the festival participants. There's lots of little freebies that you can get here and there, too. You can get a go-go squeeze. There's samples of Twining's tea. You can get seeds to go plant in your backyard. Yes, I really like those. I can't wait to plant my watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> I know, my kids at teach are like, where are we going to plant them? I'm like, as soon as we get a backyard, then I promise just hang on to those for a while. Exactly. But and, and I think they've really sort of and what believe it or not, there, there's eleven marketplaces as opposed to about thirty for food and wine. I like the smaller number because like you said, it doesn't seem like it's as congested. The lines aren't as long as they sometimes can potentially be during right. food and wine festival. Mm-hmm. And there's not the food that's there isn't necessarily like, oh, this is totally French stuff or whatever. I mean, it, it kind of is, but it's it's sort of a different take on it because of the season thing and uh, stuff like that. So there's a lot of unique opportunities to try things from different countries. Yeah. So I posted a video, which you can find on our YouTube channel or on the video page over at www.radio.com. My top five flavors and foods at the Flower and Garden Festival was there any one or two or seven that really struck you that you enjoyed? Um, let me think. Well, I mean, I'm starting off with dessert, but I really liked that uh, orange macaroon or however you say it in the French macaron that they have <laughs> because it was really fun and orangey and not necessarily just like super sweet. You know, it was like refreshing. Which I know we joked about saying a lot because so many of these things are refreshing. <laughs> well, I, 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 during, I did the top five adult beverage thing and you can tell that I drank all top five adult beverages <laughs> because I said refreshing like 18 times. <laughs> so, <laughs> you understand the, uh, the point of what I was trying to get across. Um, yes. I think you were with me. One of the ones that, that uh, I think was the last one I tried, which was one of my favorites, was that ghost pepper dusted tilapia over at yes. Urban Farm Eats, which was a yeah. complete surprise. Yeah, that was surprising. I would normally never have even tried that. So I was glad you let me have a bite, and it was really good. Yeah. Uh, the other day I tried the um, the taco over in Mexico, which was phenomenal. I, I loved that. And we had the – it was a um, – 
what was it, the, the sangria, the special sangria that they had in Mexico? Oh, yeah, that's right. Which was very refreshing. <laughs> 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 and one that I have found is really one that people, and, and I get this question probably once a week via email or Twitter or whatever, is the smokehouse. People love the smokehouse and they're yes. hoping that it stays permanently. And judging by the structure that they have there, one might think that it potentially could remain on the promenade. Yeah, I really wish it would because, I mean, America is all about barbecue and there really isn't that at Liberty Inn or anywhere else around there. So it would make so much sense. Yeah, there's a – Not necessarily the bacon cupcake, but, you know, <laughs> everything else uh, was a, really good. A pulled pink <laughs> slider with coleslaw, which is really nice, the smoked beef brisket, the smoked turkey rib, and like you said, there is the – Maple bacon, the, the, the bacon cupcake with maple frosting and pretzel crunch, um, known as the Piggylicious cupcake, because again, it's all about synergy. They tie in Muppets <laughs> Most Wanted into not just the festival and the topiaries, and I love Miss Piggy and Kermit, but in the food as well. Yes. And it may not have been my favorite, but I am, you know, a definite a believer that you have to try it. So you have to for- form your own opinion on it. <laughs> yeah. It's my, very unique. Yeah. My daughter lost her. Like she wanted nothing. She was on a mission. Like she's like maple and bacon. Like I've obviously raised her and taught her well. And it's fun. And that's the thing. It's like trying the foods and trying the drinks and going around. Like it's just a fun afternoon or fun evening wandering around with your friends or your kids or your family or whatever, or even by yourself. Yeah, I mean, they make it such a, a fun experience, like you said. Even, you know, the Dole Whip that they've done, the adult twist that you can get it with rum. You, If you have your kids with you, you can get it without rum. And, and that's fun to be able to get Dole Whip in Epcot. Or if you have your kids with you, maybe you need it with rum. So there's that <laughs> Exactly. <too. laughs> it's very true. <laughs> um, and speaking of Muppets Most Wanted, there's something that I did the last time I was there that I learned from you and Xanaland.com. Tell us about uh, this, this Muppet... This interactive Muppet game that was just introduced, what, over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, it was just, I think, either last weekend or the weekend before. And that's what we were talking about, that things change in there. I mean, the festival's been open for, what, almost a month now or something? I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, they just started this new thing. So you have to keep checking in and seeing what they've added. But this Muppet scavenger hunt adventure, I'm like so into it. It's so much fun and it wasn't overwhelming. Sometimes if you do the Phineas and Ferb or Agent P thing, it's it can be a lot to add to your day if you want to, you know, still tour World Showcase and Epcot and everything. But this was not overwhelming and it's so much fun and I did it with my five-year-old and my older kids and everybody just loved it. It was really cool. Yeah, and you basically go to this kiosk uh, near the Bridge to Future World and they give you, uh, similar to the Passport, it's a double size. It's two books in one. And there's really two mini adventures that you can do throughout World Showcase. One takes you to the United Kingdom and France. Another one takes you to two other countries. I want to have to give you a little bit of a non-spoiler. And <laughs> you need to sort of um, help sort of solve, uh, the, solve the crime, if you've seen Muppets Most Wanted. And what's nice, Susanna, is that... It wasn't just, oh, find a sticker here. There's things that you can do. Like there's phones and stuff to find and buttons to press yeah. and things light up. And I, and I was like, wow, like this is so much better, than, you know, much more than I thought it was going to be. And my kids totally dug it. And again, they had ownership of it. They were sort of, I was following them around as they were going on this mission. 
Exactly. And that's what was so, I mean, just watching as a mom, like Geo punching in the little, you know, clue or whatever. He had so much fun doing it and he was like so excited. It was really cool. And there is a a payoff at the end. And then you can go if you want to do the second. The nice thing is if you want to do the second half of it, you can do it later that day. You can do it right afterwards. Or for us, I said, you know what? Let's wait. Let's go back. Right. It's spring break this week. Let's go. So now all I hear this week is. When are we going back to, to Flower and Garden? Can mm-hmm. we do Muppets? And can I get more pulled pork? So, <laughs> and that's for me. That's not even for my kids. That's, that's what I'm saying to them. I was going to say, they're definitely your kids. If they're so-, <laughs> um, so a couple other things to do or look for as well, too. Certainly, the day doesn't end at the end of the day. And one of the things that, that I know, especially you guys, you and Scott and, and remember that guy, Glenn, and a lot of us used to like to do was there are free concerts, right? There are yes. free concerts on the weekends. The Flower Power Concert Series is a total blast. Like, And it all is sort of these retros, 60s. You know what's really scary? I was just sort of like talking about old classic music, like 60s, 70s, and 80s, which is when I grew up, which makes me feel really sad. But... Uh, over the next few weekends, there's like Herman's Hermits, Starship starring Mickey Thomas, Chubby Checker, Alan Parsons Project. Like, yeah. <laughs> who doesn't want to go see Eye in the Sky, right? Right. <laughs> the village people were there. I mean, and it's just, it, it's free and it's a lot of fun. And what is it? I think it's it's two or, or three times a day. Yeah, I think it's, they do three shows. I think it's three shows a, a day. Um, you don't have to sign up in advance. Sometimes on, on you know, the busier days or for the busier concerts, you do need to line up early. Uh, if right. you want a really good seat up in front and you sometimes will find, you know, look, if there's people standing in line, people just get in it, not knowing what it's for. But people mm-hmm. will line up literally hours before the concerts, um, you know, in order to try and get a good seat up in front. Yeah. And a good tip for that is see the first show because yeah. then you you can just go in and sit down and there isn't really a cue to wait to get in. Um, but it's once that first show is over, that's when people are already lined up for the second one. And we saw the orchestra starring former members of ELO. (laughs) And I knew like a few of their songs, I thought, and I was like, okay, this is going to be cool. But then every song they did, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I know that song. And that's what you get if you're, you know, around our age. (laughs) You're like, oh yeah, I remember that. But they all put on such great shows that even if you're, you know, our kids or younger than us, um, they're going to still have fun doing it. It's not like exclusionary to old people like us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like we're getting up and we're singing like YMCA and we're dancing and our kids are like, wow, this music is so old. Look how old, that, look at how old the cowboy is. Oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, that's that. This was new music when we were when we were kids. But yeah, um, two other things about this that, again, I think did you save obviously towards the end of the day. There's a lot of merchandise, a lot of special festival merchandise that you can get that I, I really suggest really getting on the way out, just so you don't have to, to carry around. Unless you're walking through a World Showcase and you're all the way in the back by Japan, you see something you like, you might want to pick it up. But there's a ton of stuff, whether it's you know mugs or shirts or, or trading pins or things like that. But there's a lot of stuff that, again, it's a matter of bringing the garden experience home. And I think that there's probably like five or so special, there's like garden gifts, gifts the garden emporium, where you can get things like um, eye catchers and there's body products and there's artwork. There's garden flags. You can, if you want to bring and sort of trim your own bonsai at home, you can get that over at the garden boutique. Um, the plumeria, the Hawaiian plumeria mm-hmm. things, and I am not allowed to buy those because I have like the most brown <laughs> thumb on the planet. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of cool things, and that's what I saw. That 
my kids were doing was that they were getting excited about wanting to recreate this stuff at home. Yeah, definitely. There's so many opportunities to do either Disney or non-Disney gardens um, with the different supplies and you know activities they have there. And then there's artwork too if you're just into garden art. And of course, the Disney themed posters and mugs and pins, like you said, too. So, it's really have you gone to any of the HGTV celebrity shows? Because I know that if you look at the back of the Flower and Garden map, the, uh, the, the two, the Scott brothers, the property brothers are on there, which is like a pinup poster for a lot of women. They're like, squee, I have to go. See you know, I do watch the show, but I have not seen any of these things. But I used to love Vern Yip, too. He was on some show a million years ago. God, that but, guy is talented. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's the cool thing is that, you know, they're there for you to see their little presentations. And that's really cool. And you learn so much that you never would have thought to do otherwise. Yeah. And again, all this stuff is is in the festival map. One thing that's also in the map that – and this is why this should be – an all-day kind of thing, and you should sort of map your day out. Because, look, there's obviously some attractions you want to do in, in between there, too. Make sure you stay at night, right? Not just for illuminations, and now for the after-illumination, <laughs> right? We, we totally yes. so need to research the, uh, <laughs> the sort of after-hours uh, in World Showcase. But so many of the topiaries now are illuminated at night, Right there's a sparkling yes. Cinderella and Prince Charming topiary. I think the Lady and the Tramp is also sparkling. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bambi and Mickey, Miss Piggy. There's the flowering plants in the water that are also lit up and sparkle. I mean, they're beautiful at night. And if you're a photographer, like holy smokes, man, you better stop at the GF camera stop and get extra film and flash bulbs <laughs> because there's so. I God, I just dated myself. There is so <laughs> much that you could take. We get a little. Remember your little cube flash bulb? You yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that was right before I got my disc camera. Right. Kids are Googling flash, right, to see what a flash bulb <laughs> is. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, whether you're an amateur photographer or you're just using your smartphone or your iPhone, so many incredible photo opportunities. And some that are interactive, right? There's a, there's the Goofy, the World uh, oh, Cup yeah. soccer one right in the middle where you can take a picture as if you're sort of defending uh, the goal from, from Goofy. But just, you know, I, I noticed – some of the simple, you know, this is what makes Disney Disney. Like, even the tops of like the trash cans have flowers on. Like, everything is just so beautiful and just so well manicured. So, from a photography perspective, daytime, you know, sunset, nighttime, there's some beautiful opportunities out there as well. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. Of course, the iconic flower quilt over by the Butterfly Garden is probably the most photographed thing. If you can time it just right with the monorail right in front of Spaceship Earth, it's perfect. But yeah, I love the nighttime gardens. They're such a brilliant idea that they did that and they just light them up so well. And the little sparkly ones like Lady and the Tramp and Tinkerbell are just so pretty. I want one of those little sparkly things for my house. And I need those, to figure that out. It's those, well, just, you need to go to one of the seminars and they'll teach you how to do it. Yeah, maybe they will. <laughs> Even at the, uh, the sort of the welcome topiary at the front in uh, Space Earth uh, in Future World, little things that they added on that I noticed this year was sort of that kinetic element. There's waterfalls now, right? Now there's, there's yes. motion and there's sound and it really enhances those topiaries, which look, and I don't remember what the total number of topiaries is that are at the festival this year. I mean, dozens and dozens that are just spectacular. I mean, they literally are works of art that these horticulturists spend, you know, months and months, years grooming and pruning and growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's overwhelming to think about 
doing that. <laughs> so there's just so much detail. And they, you know, like we heard about, they like to theme it every year. And this year's theme is really cute as far as the characters go, because everyone's trying to catch butterflies. And Donald, of course, is covered in bees instead of butterflies. So it's really great that they have that interactive element and kids can see that their characters are, you know, true to themselves. Yeah. And like I said, for me, and I know I keep using this term ad nauseum, so forgive me, but it is very much about the layers. I sort of this term, and I did not realize how many layers the Flower and Garden Festival had to it. So I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you, like, is there one thing that you enjoy or recommend or surprised you or that you would say to people that go to Xanaland.com and really who doesn't that you would recommend that they do or eat? Or drink. They do or, or eat. Or drink. That's or fine. drink. Um, let's see. Are we keeping the cronut out of this? Because this is available oh, all the time. <laughs> I know. Technically, Sorry, it's I, a I croissant donut. Right. It's, it's not an official cronut, but oh, dear. Yes, right. Sweet, Sorry. fancy Moses. My God, that's a good. That may be my new death row food. Like, if, yeah. if I'm going to the electric chair, it may be a cronut right before I go. Right. And really, we were talking about the Muppet tour, and that's a perfect, you know, pit stop on your way if you're doing both sides or something. Getting it anyway. Um, <laughs> I definitely, you know, eating wise, I really love the shrimp and grits. Mm. I forgot to mention that before. That's one of my favorite things. Um, as far as drinks go, I can't remember what I drank. <laughs> so. <laughs> Not because you drank so much, just because you don't actually remember what you drank. Right, exactly. Yes, that's it. No, but they're in, the, I think, that same place, or it's the, maybe it's the Florida one. They have this violet lemonade, mm -hmm. and it's like electric purple colored. It's really cool. So, And I haven't tried it, but I keep seeing people post pictures of it. So that's something I need to go back and try. Um, it looks really cool. Of course, oh, you know what? The drink we had in France, that Cosmo oh, that thing, or whatever, what was that? Oh, the, the pink thing. The pink. Oh, gosh. You're going to put me on the spot. Um, I'm trying to look it up. <laughs> I know. And it had a French name to it, which I probably, you know, just completely <laughs> destroyed when I tried to. Um, Flirtily. Uh, wait. Flirtily. It? it is the. Um, the Vion Rose. That's right. Vion Rose. That's right. Yes. That's a must drink. Everyone should get that if they're of age. Yeah. We liked, <laughs> uh, we liked France. We yeah. Enjoyed, we enjoyed France a lot. Um, I, I think for me. Um, you know, believe it or not, it was the tea tour. Like my, we really like we were smiling. Like we just loved the tea tour so much. When we went, there was really nobody else there. It was really sort of a private tour just for us, just because of the timing. And the cast members were exceptional and so knowledgeable and so proud of their culture and and the you know the the, the growing of the teas and their little beautiful tea gardens and the fact that it's something you can only do during Flower and Garden was so nice, and then all of a sudden the band is up in the back and they're playing, again, what is now old classic music. But <laughs> it was just a beautiful day, and I had Cronut all over my face. I'm like, God, this is nice. Like, this is just a nice spring day in Walt Disney World. <laughs> and it's all included. Like, it's all included with Epcot admission. And this is why I tell people, like, this is part of the reason why I'm such a huge fan and a proponent of the annual pass. Like, there are reasons to go back over and over again. And things like this like Flower and Garden and Star Wars Weekends and Food and Wine Festivals are, are some of those reasons why. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you're talking about the tour. Anything that can take you out of the hustle and bustle of the Disney parks on any day and really be a personal experience for you and your family, that's the things that you take home and talk about and, you know, like you're doing right now, let other people know about because it's so unique and it's so special and it really – 
that's how Disney gives back is like those little things and it's completely free and anyone can do it. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. The Flower and Garden Festival is not a half day, part of the day, quick in and out. It's something that you can and should spend the entire day doing, whether you're going alone with your family, with a group of friends or take your kids or let your kids take you. It really has become um, one of, dare I say, potentially my favorite of the festivals because of all the different aspects that it has in it. And I can take my family and my friends with me. I want to know from you, you the listener, as I'm pointing to you as if you could see me, what's your favorite part of the Flower and Garden Festival? Or have you never been before? Is it something that maybe has never been on your radar and maybe, hopefully, you're encouraged to go see now? Do me a favor. Go to WDWRadio.com, click on this week's podcast, go into the podcast page, leave a comment there in the show notes. We'll keep the conversation going there. You can also tweet me. I'm at Lou Mangello on Twitter or Facebook.com slash WDWRadio. When you're done with that, head on over to Zanaland.com. There's tons going on there. Follow her on the Facebooks and the Instagram. <laughs> you're ev- like you literally, and I love this about you, you're everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. Google Plus, MySpace, yeah. FriendFeed, like CompuServe. I think you have a CompuServe page going on, don't you? You keep that up pretty regularly? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got that running. Yep. You get your most traffic on CompuServe. But, yeah, and you post some beautiful – like, you are, like, the Instagram filter app lady. Like, you are really good. At, and at, just when I think I have a pretty picture, I see Susanna's, and I want to throw my iPhone in the water. So. Oh, stop. You do good ones, too. No. no. So. It's fun to do. I like sharing my photos. <laughs> Follow you, like you, borderline stalk you is what people should do. And again, go and visit you over at Xanaland.com. I need you to come back, not just with me to Flower and Garden Festival, but I know there's lots of other fun stuff we can talk and eat and drink about as well. Anytime. <laughs> A full show just about the cronuts. Just the, the joy. Seriously. I mean. <laughs> Top 10 things we love about the cronuts. <laughs> Sorry, the croissant donuts. Yes, official Disney term. Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details and what you see or possibly even what you hear, and then you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I was in a bit of a Muppets kind of mood. I had seen Muppets Most Wanted and asked a question specifically about Muppet Vision 3D because in the pre-show... Max was sent by the union to fill in for someone who was out sick. The question was simply to tell me, who did, who did the union send over to have Max fill in for? Again, hundreds of you are obviously huge Muppet fans, pay very close attention, because you all knew that Max was sent by the union to fill in for Debbie because she was out sick. You're all playing for all six of my audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, as well as a copy of my new book, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World. If you didn't win or don't have them, you can get those over at www.radio.com in the shop. But last week's winner, randomly selected from all the correct entries, is Michelle Murdoch. So, Michelle, congratulations. I'm going to get your prize package out to you right away. 
If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next opportunity to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So one of the great things about being an entrepreneur and working from home is the freedom and flexibility to be able to go and pick up my kids every day from school. But unfortunately for them, I torture them almost every day as I sing Blood on the Saddle in the car on the way home from school. With that and the fact that Disney Nature Bears just came out, I thought that the Country Bear Jamboree should be the subject of this week's question. And as you know, the bear band is made up of some pretty talented musical bears. And your question this week is this. Tell me, who plays the corn jug in the Country Bear Jamboree? It's that easy. You have until Sunday, April 27th at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at wdwradio.com. Again, you'll play for all six of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, a copy of my new book, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World, and a surprise mystery bonus prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. A couple of quick reminders in addition to the podcast, which you can subscribe to over on iTunes. Please visit www.radio.com. There we have multiple daily blog posts, new videos, our free email newsletter with exclusive content, contests, offers, and more. The free WW Radio app, our discussion forums, and lots more. Again, everything's over at www.radio.com. I'd love to hear from you, so if you have a question you want answered on the show, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391 or use the SpeakPipe app right on the homepage of WW Radio. You'll find a little box on the right-hand side that says Send Lou a Voicemail. You can record it right from your computer, and I'll play it on the show. You can be heard on the air. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello. Same thing for Pinterest and Instagram. You can like the WW Radio fan page over at facebook.com slash WDW Radio or follow me personally over at facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. And as much as I love connecting with you guys online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug, and I love a good hug. Who doesn't? So you please go and visit the events page at wdwradio.com. You'll find out about all the upcoming events, including our next meet of the month, which is going to be May 3rd, the day of the Expedition Everest Challenge. June 12th and 13th is a brand new Disney fan event that I'll be attending called Mouska Meet, which is up in Roanoke, Virginia. In August, we have our WDW Radio Neverland and Sea event. In Walt Disney World and on the Disney Dream, you could do either or preferably both. Lots of other events coming up throughout the year. You can find everything at the events page at wdwradio.com. You can also visit my personal events page over at lumangelo.com. I'll be speaking at a number of conferences throughout the year, including uh, August. I'll be in Dallas for the podcast movement. Some other conferences coming up. You can also find out how you can book me to speak at your conference, to your business, or at your school by visiting lumangelo.com. Quick thanks to my partners and sponsors. Mouse Fan Travel, as you know, is my official recommended travel provider. They have been for years because it's who I use. It's who I love because of the incredible service that they give you at no additional cost to you. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. And if you want some Disney magic delivered right to your door, visit celebrationspress.com. Find out how you can order or subscribe and get back issues of Celebrations Magazine. As always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, 
All I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tell your friends. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links or comment over on Facebook. And please go review the show and app over at iTunes. And also, if you have downloaded or purchased or are reading the print version of my new book, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World, I would so very much appreciate it if you could head on over to Amazon.com and post your review there. Again, that is very, very, very helpful. Please let other people know that you are enjoying the book. And I want to thank you again, not just for listening and the emails and the support and the friendship, but for allowing me to do what I love each and every day. I am the luckiest, most blessed man on the planet, and it is all thanks to you, and I want you to feel that same way. So find that thing that you love, right? Focus on that one thing. Remember, a person who chases two rabbits will never catch either one of them. Stay focused on that thing that you are so very passionate about and pursue it each and every day and always have faith and keep moving forward. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks again. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou. This is Ron from Kentucky. I'm enjoying your 102 book. I'm reading it right now, and I will be reviewing it on my blog in the near future. I uh, just wanted to say thanks for another very interesting program between you and Mr. Jim Corcus. Always love the two of you together. Enjoy all your books that the two of you have written. I uh, just wanted to add a little bit of uh, information in regard to um, the Delta Hub establishment that the uh, executives decided to form once they uh, visited Disneyland back in 1955. Uh, you may not know this. It's a little-known fact. But Delta stands for, duh, everything leaves through Atlanta. So I thought you might enjoy that. Uh, have a good day, and we'll talk to you later. You've got a friend.